Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, I think we've decanted for long enough. It's time to sit back and enjoy Two Sharp Reds with Mark Schwarzer and Ollie Geel. Yes, that's it. It's my favourite time of the week where we get to sit down with myself and Arnold Schwarzer and a bottle of red wine just to discuss everything going on in the world of football, but also the world of the Burgundy Grape. Arnold, how are we today? It's beautiful weather. It's, it's, uh, it's not traditional red wine time, but we never say no at this time of the day, do we? No, we certainly don't. And uh, you know what? I, I, I'm just I'm a bit concerned. So I'm not sure whether or not the podcast is so good and our conversations are so great and that's why it's your favourite part of the week or you live a very, very boring life. It's, what is it? It's, I think, I think uh, to me, they're not both mutually exclusive. I think there's a little bit of column A and a column B. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's by far the highlight because I think it's great chat and I love having a read. But let's be honest, we're not doing it a lot at the moment. You know, in this period of isolation and lockdown, I know you've got your football, um, you've pretty much got a stadium out the back of your house, don't you? By the looks of things from online, you've, definitely, you've got some sort of footballing park situation. Well, I've got, I've got an area where I can play football and I have a goal and, uh, um, you know what, I could put a few chairs down if you want and, and we could have some, some spectators there. That, that does work. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. So, you know, we, I, I don't... Yeah, I've, I, this set is actually a bit saddening now because I'm just trying to think, <laughs> what have I got? Um, not much because, you know, the, the way the other half of people live, Mark, in London, you know, there's... It's, we're like a, a tin of sardines here in this um, apartment building that I live in. Yeah, but you know the thing is, right? I, I, I admire you, right? Because you've got your little gym set up behind you. You're sitting yep. uh, in your apartment, which is obviously small. It's a proper bachelor pad. You and a, yep. you and a mate are living there together. You've got your weights. You've got free weights. You've got a barbell as well, which is yeah. wow. I've turned a corner. Uh, I turned a corner, but it's 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 a tw- 2020 modern bachelor pad. You know, yes, we've got the weights, but we've also got you know this sangria that's in my hand. Um, you know, I've got a, a, a sort of banana leaf top on. You know, th- this is what I like about it. But I did mention we are having sangria today because here in London it is a scorching 25 degrees. I'm looking out the window now. There's not a cloud in the sky where I am. And it's perfect, and that's the one thing. If if the Burgundy grape, Mark, had one negative thing about it, the only thing I can think of is that it's not perfect for summer. You know, it still can work, but it's not perfect. But the sangria, on the other hand, I mean, that's the best of both worlds. Yeah, the Spanish were pretty clever in that regard, weren't they? I mean, they, oh. they did really turn it into a drink on for all of occasions. You're right, red wine isn't ideal when the weather is hot. And... Listen, the other thing that's really interesting is, did you ever think that you'd ever say in your whole life that it's a scorching 25 degrees? Oh, that's embarrassing. No. I've, I've, no. Great point. But it's true. You, t- you almost forget what the heat's like, don't you? And you go, oh, look at this. Heat wave. Put the <laughs> I know. sunscreen on. <laughs> and, and to be fair, though, you are living up to the name of looking like a pasty pom because you are white. Really? You are pasty looking. 
Yes, you are. I think you need to do some serious sunbathing, mate. See, I've never heard that before. That's always been my claim to fame, the beautiful tan. So that's Really? No, maybe yeah. it's the light in your face. Maybe because you're glowing at the moment. So well, it's... it's I mean, um, the problem yeah. with this, Mark, is I can't tell if this is um, you're having a go at me or it's a compliment. <laughs> you're <laughs> looking just very light at the moment, but geez, you're glowing. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave it, leave it at that. That's it. That's it. All right, well, let's get stuck into the footy. And as a reminder, if you're a first-time listener here on the Two Sharp Reds, we'll try a bottle of wine, compare the wine at the end of the episode to a player, past or present, of course. Today, we've decided to twist things up. So we're going for a Merlot uh, in the form of a sangria. So I've cut up a whole heap of peaches. There's some crushed ice in there and just a small splash of orange juice and a little bit of brown sugar to sweeten it up. But at its heart and at its core, Mark, it's Merlot. Okay, nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've got my Merlot out again as well because that's what I like. I like my Merlots. I love my Pinot Noirs. Merlot is the way forward for today and um, looking forward to having a taste of this drop and see where we go with it. Fifteen years ago, Mark, what emotions, thoughts and memories does that uh, spark for you? And I'm not just talking about when I was born. What's, <laughs> what, what, what comes to mind when I say 15 years ago? The first, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is the Champions League final, Liverpool against AC Milan. I, you know, I don't know. Did you watch the game live? Because I did. No, I don't. I, was it on in Australia at the time? It might not have been. You know, it may um, not have been. Yeah. Because I know, obviously, the the international games were. You know, like I, I saw the coverage of uh, the world, the road to the World Cup. But no, I don't think I did. I've watched it since. But but not live. It must have been a, it must have been incredible. Yeah, I remember watching it live, and obviously because Harry Kuehl was there, he started the game and then came off injured, which was disappointing for everyone, particularly all Australian fans. So I I remember watching the game, thinking, oh my god, final! What an occasion this is. AC Milan, phenomenal side that they had, and to take a three 0 lead, and you're thinking, wow, of all games, you know, it comes to this, the moment. The occasion hasn't gotten too big for them. What a way to, to potentially lose this game. And but the turnaround in the second half. And I don't think I don't think there was a single Liverpool fan. I, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Liverpool fans will tell me. It's easy in hindsight. I don't think there was a single person around thought that Liverpool could come back from 3-0 down at halftime against that AC Milan team. I certainly didn't. It was more about damage limitations. But then to see the way the game started in the second half, Liverpool scoring and then the momentum starting to swing. Of course, they rode their luck at times. I mean, Dudek, I mean, unbelievable save against um, uh, Shevchenko where he's, where he's, I mean, he's blocked a shot from, uh, I think it was like four yards out and over the crossbar, which in any other time, I mean, a hundred times, he would never get anywhere near it. On the hundred and first time, maybe he would have saved it. It was insane. And it kind of the way that the game then unfolded, you kind of felt like this is now Liverpool's game to, to win. This is Liverpool's title because to come back from 3-0 down in such a moment, momentous occasion the mom, and, and, and the, the swing that was so much in favour of Liverpool uh, was insane. It was an insane game to watch. One of, the, one of the most epic finals I've ever seen. Do you think in hindsight as well, we've seen some pretty big comebacks and some great games, but do you think it was the the biggest and best... There's two very different words, but do you think it is the biggest and best comeback in, in club football that we've seen? 
it, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of a game. That well, see, the problem on... is that I'm thinking of other games that have ended maybe five four, but they've been a, a swing. You know, it's been one goal for one team, one goal for the other, and it's been a bit of a journey. But in terms of coming back, you've got 45 minutes to score three goals. It's pretty unbelievable. And the other question is, were those the games in a Champions League final? No. Yeah. Exactly. So we're talking about the biggest club game on the planet you know um, to, to you know, be in a Champions League final to be 3-0 down at half time and 45 minutes to get back in the game Liverpool showed that's possible I mean that anything is possible when you can do that against a team like AC Milan were at that time and uh, oh, it was just it was an unbelievable game for football fans obviously not AC Milan fans but everyone else it was an incredible game um, insane. I mean, you can only imagine the emotions that Liverpool fans must have gone through over the course of those ninety minutes, and uh, and then obviously as it goes into extra time, and then the, and then and then the penalty shootout. Um, but it was phenomenal game. In in hindsight as well, what a year for Harry Kill. You know, to then to then feature in the you know that road to, to getting into the 2006 World Cup it's, it must that that would have to for him go down as one of the biggest years in his career obviously you know we, we would have loved him to be on the show but he doesn't reply to your messages anymore you told me that you had a tear <laughs> but we're moving on but do you do you remember any of the discussions you might have had with him after that maybe maybe when you guys got back into the Socceroos camp for the Uruguay games yeah we remember talking about it, what, what an occasion it was and obviously how disappointed he was to have been injured um, early in that game to come off what 23rd minute he got substituted I mean just looking at the team lineups I mean Yapstam Nesta Maldini Piello Gattuso Sidorf Kaká Shevchenko Crespo and Dieter in goal Cafu as well I mean that, that's just phenomenal I mean it's a phenomenal team that AC Milan had back then and to, to you know Liverpool listen listen Liverpool were a good side but not of that calibre not on paper anyway, but they deserved it. You know, Liverpool, the way they turned things around uh, was brilliant. I and mean, they scored, what, 54th minute Gerrard scored in the second half. Milan scored in the first minute of the game. Maldini scored. So, you know, you couldn't start a game any worse. You couldn't end the first half any way well, you couldn't start it. You could end it worse than that, but horrendous for a, for a final. But like I said, the swing was, was brilliant. John, John Anarisa missed one in the penalty. Um, I remember playing at Fulham at the time and or later on in his career. And um, he, he, we did talk about it and, and you know, how devastating it was for him to, to miss the penalty. But then obviously that turn, that swung very quickly because, you know, then they, then they, they, uh, they won the penalty shootout. So all is forgotten. Um, but it was at the time that that was, that, that was an opportunity to, to, to pretty much win the game. If Risa scores... Because, because uh, Milan missed their first two penalties. So Liverpool scored their first two. He scores the third. That's it. Mm. It's, it's almost done. It's just about, it's just about over with. And, uh, and, and it wasn't the case. But what, what a game. What an occasion. Brilliant, brilliant uh, night of football. And particularly as a neutral. Uh, that's how you want to see finals. That's, that's the dramatic sense of football. The dramatic sense, side of football. And far often we see grand, uh, we see finals that are pretty dull affairs. Mm. That goes down as the best final I've ever seen. Speaking of brilliant moments in sport, uh, you mentioned his name in that list, but Yapstam, I'm not sure if you saw what happened in the week, 
But as soon as it, I, it happened, I wrote it down on our sheets that we needed to discuss it. Now, he's been announced as the new head coach of FC Cincinnati in the MLS. And the social media department of FC Cincinnati. Now, just don't get me wrong here for a second. I've worked in social media, and I can tell you, it is tough to sleep after you've made a mistake. Like, put it this way. I'm still surprised we've got this uh, podcast with Optusport because I was with uh, Optusport and the social media team for the World Cup in 2018, and I wrote the wrong score in one of the tweets for a game. Yes. Now, that, that's, and it's heartbreaking and more... Like, it's just... It's horrendous, that feeling. But the social media department of FC Cincinnati <laughs> announced Yep Stam as the new head coach with the wrong picture. Someone else. Another bald no guy. Uh, he was a youth coach at Ajax, this guy. And to be fair, looked pretty much exactly the same as him. But I just had that awful sinking feeling, thinking how embarrassed would, would you must be. Did you notice it wasn't him? Or did you only notice it after the event? So when I, it pointed out that he that he that it wasn't him? After, yeah. This is this is how this is how yeah, I can certainly see how they got it wrong. It was it was an unbelievable lookalike. But the thing that I noticed after that that was sensational were all the other MLS teams joining in and tweeting uh <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the MLS. And then they'd post a picture of, I think Minnesota, uh, Minnesota United posted a picture of Vin Diesel, uh, <laughs> San Diego, <laughs> San. Oh yeah, there was um, Doctor Evil was thrown around. It was, it was sensational. <laughs> oh great, you love that, though, don't you? I mean, it's a good recovery oh. in the end. I made a bit of a joke of it. It was great PR in the end. And uh, I don't think Yapstan will be too too upset about the fact oh, that he was confused with someone else. You reckon? I do. I think what you'll be doing, I think what you'll be doing is going, what am I getting myself into? Exactly. I can't even get a picture of me right. However, I think overall, you know, I think it'll be fine. It was like that time that I did the tweet for the two sharp reds and had a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was very uncomfortable because it just so, sometimes you can't tell the difference between you two. You just can't. <laughs> what, in his current state now, or you mean when he was oh, you younger? T- you take the pick. <laughs> you take the pick there. I, th- I personally think it's both a compliment. Yeah, but listen, I thought he was brilliant in Conan the Barbarian. That was one of, you know, as a kid, as a kid growing up, <laughs> yeah. I used to love watching that. And then obviously, you know, when you, when you talk about the various films he played in, oh, it was brilliant, you know. Um, oh, awesome. I- I've always loved him. I loved his action films throughout, throughout his career. Always good governor too. Really good governor. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but he was a good action hero. <laughs> now, of course, the manager of Liverpool at the time during that Champions League victory was Rafa Benitez, Mark. And it's interesting, we saw uh, Optus post, um, I think it was overnight here in England, that uh, it's reported, now that's the key word here, Mark, because we're journalists now, it's reported that Rafa Benitez has expressed his interest in returning to Newcastle. This is, of course, after uh, the Premier League have accepted the takeover of Newcastle, which will make them incredibly well off. You wouldn't worry about Newcastle. Uh, let's put it that way. And it's reported that Rafa Benitez wants to come back. Now, if this is true, all right, what do you do? If you're, you know, do, do you allow him because he was so well-loved? He did so well on such a low budget. What, what, what's the, what do you think? the outcome would be if this is true um, I think Liverpool uh, sorry I think Newcastle fans as a whole would accept him with open arms and and I think you know and this is not taking anything away from what Steve Bruce has accomplished because I think he's done a remarkable job there 
You know, in all the turmoil, all the negativity that started when he first arrived at the club, we know that he's on a budget. A lot of the times I don't think he has a, a too big a say on the players that come and go at the club. And that was part of the frustration, I think, with Rafa Benitez in the end. Felt that he needed to invest more in the team, wasn't given the funds, but he did a, a, a fantastic job. So Steve Bruce has done a remarkable job, but he's not Rafa Benitez. He's not the same name. And I think you know Newcastle fans see their club as being this massive club. They love their club, you know, which is normal. And they want a big name at the helm of it. And he's been there. He knows the club. He knows the supporters. He has a really good rapport with them. And now there's an opportunity, but you know, to to build a team. And you know, the reason, supposed reason, he went to China was not the money, which I find really difficult to believe. Yeah. He's gone there because of the money. He's gone there with the idea of you know, there's been obviously a project there. Um, he's even able to build something, and he's been paid incredibly well to do so. So that that goes hand in hand. Now I think he sees an opportunity to come back to the Premier League, which so many managers would, would die to be part of at a club that now have money or will have money and he'll have the budget that he believes can turn Le- uh, Newcastle into a very, very competitive team. So you're like, I keep saying Liverpool because I associate Rafa Benitez with Liverpool. I keep bringing yeah. up his name as Liverpool manager. So, you know, I think him going to, back to Newcastle would, and, and, and I'm a big fan of Steve Bruce. I think, he's a, I think he's a good manager. I think he does a great job at, you know, keeping teams in the league you know, uh, making a team a very, very formidable side in the in the in the a mid-table team. You know, and, and on a low budget, I think he works wonders. I think he's done a great job. Um, but I think you know what Newcastle fans want is they want that next level. They want Rafa Benitez back, and I can I can understand it. The the one thing that I've been interested to to sort of view from an outsider's perspective is though the key word quite clearly in all of this is money. You know, which whichever way you look at it, and what. I would be interested to see is let's say if we fast forward to a time where he does come back to Newcastle now if he had pretty much the same contract that he was on the first time around and the attraction was the fact that there would be more money from players rather than more money for himself then I think that 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 makes sense doesn't it but if you're a Newcastle fan and you see him wanting to come back now that they've, there's a whole heap of money being splashed around the place and he's going to receive more than he did the first time, then that's a red flag because surely that, that backs up the whole reason why he left in the first place and, and it's a, a not a very good look, I wouldn't have thought. No, I don't think the fans would be too concerned about it. But the, the fact is, if the money's there available to spend and they're able to, to rebuild the club, bring in... Bring in big names. Well, I think what they'll think is that if Rafa Benitez is in charge again, he'll be able to attract bigger name players. It'll be easier for him to attract bigger name players because he's, he's he has a different a different sort of uh, position in the world of, of, of management. And I think that is also a big key. I think uh, the fact that he gets paid more money, which I think is will be will be in part of the process. Everyone wants to get paid more money, regardless of, of which club from which club they move to to the other. It doesn't matter. The fact that he'll be given a, a big pot of, of money to, to rebuild, he'll see it as another project. And you'll see his first press conference will be, if he goes back there, about it's not about the money. It's about the yeah. opportunity to rebuild something big and be competitive and become hopefully one of the biggest clubs in, uh, one of the bigger clubs in Europe. And I think that's, that's what his whole ambition will be. So where, so the, where does this leave poor old Steve Bruce? I mean, he must be looking at some of these reports and going, Oh, 
Come on, you know, like he just the one thing that I always feel bad about Steve Bruce since he's, he's come to Newcastle is he is so perfect for that club in terms of yes. he represents the people, he absolutely loves it. You know, you know, one thing I, I hate seeing, say for example, in the uh, Sunnel Until I Die, I'm not sure if you've seen the, the latest season, but the guy who's taken over since the first season of Sunnel Until I Die. He always makes sure he's seen with a beer, you know, in and around the fans. You know, that's the thing. But you just go, mate, you're... Like, I'm pretty... I, I, from memory, he's from Surrey, like a, a pretty well-off area of England, right? He's just... He doesn't... It just looks so forced. But with someone like Steve Bruce, when we went up with, with Optus, he asked, um, what did you have for dinner? And we said, a kebab. And he said, oh, whereabouts? There's seven I wouldn't go to. He's just like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's just so this guy's perfect. He's just, yeah. he is Mr. Newcastle. And so that's the one thing that I feel bad for him because I go, well, where does he belong then? Yeah, it is tough because it is his boyhood club, you know, a club that he supported as a kid. He's from the area, loved it. Unbelievable opportunity for him to coach, to manage his team. Um, yeah, you feel sorry for him. Absolutely. I think, you know what, I think he's done more than enough to, to warrant another opportunity in the Premier League. I know when he took the job, he believed, he thought before that this, that this opportunity would never come along. He thought that he'd never have an opportunity again to go back and manage in the Premier League. So that's also one of the big reasons why he left Sheffield Wednesday and, and went to, to Newcastle. But I've got no doubt there will be clubs out there that will look at Steve Bruce as a potential manager if and when they're in a position. Who? Let's name one. Who's perfect? <laughs> Who, who's yeah, the what? perfect I, fit I, for Stevie? You know who's a perfect fit for him. It's a club that will be looking to stay in the league. You know, in a position where they may be having a tough time, they maybe decide they want to make a change in management. Uh, he'll be one of those managers they will look and they'll consider. Vastly experienced in the Premier League, has the reputation of being able to keep teams in the league, avoid relegation, knows how to fight and scrap, knows how to roll his sleeves up, knows how to organise a team, make a team very difficult to 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 break down and 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 to. To beat, so I think there's any number of clubs without naming names because you know then people start to speculate, and then all of a sudden it's a case of how can you say that that manager may get the sack? So I think there's a number of probably any number of sort of ten, twelve teams. Well, not ten, maybe about six or seven teams. That, no, no, six or seven teams that potentially could be a fit if if an opportunity opened up. Halftime drinks here on the Two Sharp Reds. Mark, it's it's a beautiful day, it's a beautiful wine, and this sangria is going down as well as a pot of paella and uh, just, you know, doing a little bit of a... Uh, what, what, are, what are the dancers called in Spain? What's the big one? Flamenco. Uh, flamenco, yeah. I mean, jeez. What I'd do to be able to go to... To Barcelona right now and, and do a little bit of that in the back stretch. Mate, you, don't, don't, don't even worry about going to Barcelona, mate. Go down to the south. Go down to Andalusia, Seville, around that area. You'll see some of the best flamenco in the world. Really? Uh, Madrid, Madrid's great as well. I've been to, to a couple of places in Madrid watching, um, watching the performances and it's been absolutely brilliant. Highly recommend it. What about Benidorm? Uh, no. <laughs> You'd see some interesting things, though. That's, that's for sure. Some good performances. Definitely. Um, yeah, you would, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it'll be it won't be a great version of it. I would have thought, no. and it'll be, not traditional. It'll be, I suppose no, it won't be traditional. It'll be aimed to, you know purely towards the British market. I we my wife we celebrated my wife's fiftieth birthday um, in Spain in uh, August last year, and we had a uh... hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Flamingo performance, and it was, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and they were from Seville. There you go. There you go. Um, certainly a beautiful part of the world. Absolutely. Um, Mark, I've been pretty nervous to bring this up, but it's time here on the Two Sharp Reds. Half time's an opportunity to reflect just take a bit of a breather. Um, I've, I mean, I've already said at the start of every episode, this is my favourite time of the week. And during this lockdown period, it's given me a chance to think about things a lot. And I looked at myself the other day and went, mate, what's going on? You've got no tattoos. Like, it's never been something that I've been necessarily interested in. But I thought to myself, why not? What's Put it this way, I'm never going to be a lawyer, am I? Like, I've reached a point in my life where I know you can sort of tick a few things off the list that you're not going to be. So you I reckon? Think, I mean, listen, yeah, you, could, yeah. you could have Not a career a change. Way. You could have a serious career change. It's never too late. No, I agree, but I just think you can tick off certain things. Well, just just right, certain okay. things. Like, you're not going to become a mathematician, are you? Like a, well, maybe well, 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 what are you Well, what are you trying to say? Well, <laughs> no. Why not? Well, you've got the glasses, I suppose. You're already Thank halfway you. there. Thank you. Exactly. I'm already getting I'm on my way. But I thought to myself, what better way to uh, essentially smash the, the champagne bottle over the boat, uh, which is my, my life is now, you know, will be a tattoo wearer, um, I thought I'd get a tattoo of the two sharp reds. So uh, it's not necessarily going to say two sharp reds. I was thinking either a couple of glasses so, or a couple so of you, hang on, whoa, whoa. So you're going to get a tattoo of my face with, a glass, <laughs> with a, gloves on and a glass in your hand. Is that what you're going to get? I'm not, sharp no, reds? I don't think I'll get the logo of the podcast. Oh, um, oh see, I, that, see, that's where the confusion if the, is. If the powers that be added me into the logo, then I, I might think about <laughs> it. But, uh, so, look, I, at this point, I'm open to suggestions as, a, as to whether or not it should be a, a two sharp reds bottle of wine, uh, a couple of glasses. What, what, you know, there's a lot that could be out there. But what is 100% is when this is uh, relatively back to normal, on an episode, I'm going to get a tattoo uh, as we record of to, to commemorate the podcast that is Two Sharp Reds. And bearing in mind you've never had a tattoo before, I, I mean, I haven't either, but I mean, I hear that depending on where you have the tattoo placed, it can be very painful. Mm-hmm. So that will be very interesting if in an area where it's, it's quite a sensitive area and... You are trying. We are trying to have a discussion over football, and you're having a yeah. tattoo at the same time. There's yeah, going to be a con- continuous hum in the background. Let's remember, they, Mark. It, it, pain's not a, a factor with it when it's something that you love, is it? Okay. You know, that's just. I just have to, you know, just just put up with it, don't I? Maybe bite into the cork from the bottle of wine that we've just had. So I don't know. That, something like that's that. a good idea, mate. You can try yeah. that. Yeah. Let's do it. Listen, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see an episode of you having a tattoo done at the same time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what sort of uh, tattoo you come up with in the end, what the final design will be like. So it's going on the record right here, right now. It's happening. And, Mark, uh, just to finish the halftime drinks off, yes or no, um, I'm only going to give you the chance to say yes or no. Are you going to join me? No. 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 Moving on. So, hang on. Also, <laughs> what I think would be great is if you know any of our listeners decide they want to go on the Two Sharp Reds, um, Facebook page and put in a picture. Yes. Post a picture of potential 
red wine glasses tattoo that Ollie could get. Yeah. That would be or, great. Because then it'll give him a, 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 maybe a variety of selections that you could have. Or join me and get it with, you know, we could, maybe we could start the Two Sharp Reds Club, like the official fan base. And if they want to get the tattoo with me, then that's like your member for life. What do you reckon? Well, you, you could end up being the godfather of it, you know. Yeah, exactly. You could be the very first one, could be numbered, and yeah, then yeah, everyone yeah. gets a number afterwards. You never know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Socceroo, cap number 450, but <laughs> Two Sharp Reds fan, cap number two. <laughs> Sounds great. I, listen, I think it's great. I think, I think this could go big. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, Mark, you know we've got certain traditions here on the Two Sharp Reds, and one of them, of course, is every time we have a guest or uh, we've got a, an interview with someone, you like to, to take the lead to introduce the person. So the floor is yours, the red carpet is yours. Uh, who have we got on the Two Sharp Reds this week? Well, we've got an ex- another ex-team out of mine. Um, well, I mean, you look at his you look at his history; it's phenomenal. His record um, playing for France, World Cup winner, European champion, two-time Champions League winner with Real Madrid, and bearing in mind this is something that you know you do all your research um, before you do conduct an interview with someone, and you don't realise you know they've won these things, but you don't realise where they fall into place, how they align themselves. So he won his first Champions League medal with Real Madrid. Um, and it was the first time they'd won it in 66... So, so since 1966. So 97-98 season, they won the Champions League. So they won it... So the finals played in 98, yeah? Yep. In, what was it, May 98. Within five weeks of that final, where they've won the first, first Champions League trophy for Real Madrid since 1966... He goes on and gets crowned World Cup winner. What a, what a season. And then you fast forward two years down the line. And all of a sudden, it's in 99-2000, they're in the Champions League final again. He doesn't play in the final this time. They win it. He played in the semi-final, played all the rounds beforehand, but didn't make the final. They win it. And then five or six weeks later, they win the European Championships with France. So he's won these four major titles in in two years, all in the space of five weeks of each time. And it's pretty insane. And when we had the discussion, he was like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. That's so true, yeah. And it's funny, you know, this is the guy that lived it. Um, so it's none other than, I played with him at Middlesbrough, Christian Caramboo, and what a lovely guy he is. He's a f- really, really genuinely nice guy. Um, fantastic. Uh, he's heavily involved at Olympiakos now and he's been living in Greece uh, in Athens for, for a number of years and uh, he's from New Caledonia so he's got a great story about coming from New Caledonia um, and you've got to listen out about it because it's to do with the French national anthem his heritage and not to be missed and for us it was a big explosion again because uh, we were a world champion we need to wait after 98 minutes that, okay, we are now European champion. Now the world is ours after all this. And, and therefore, when you have, or oh, when you had the pitch, all these goals, or you come back to your country, or you said, okay, I can continue, but to feed something else, be you have still this uh, will to perform and the will 
to, uh, but now you need to share. For me, after that, I need to share my experience because what else I can do? What else I can achieve after all this? Yes. So, so when I have this offer from Borrow, and I ask uh, Mr. Robson, yes, if I can come to visit the facility, because for me, or the facilities are the condition to my um, way to come in any clubs, because I need to see the conditions of where I work. Uh, because for me, it's the, a tool where I can be myself, where I can work, where I can uh, see my teammates and to, uh, to discover them, but also to understand them. And this is very, very, very crucial for me. Uh, and of course, I did give my, my will to uh, Lorenzo Sanz to, to leave Real Madrid, but he didn't want it because I have, I have the biggest contract in Real Madrid. And I say, he told me, Christian, if you leave, you will lose your contract. I said, sir, I have done everything. I have done already many things. Uh, maybe I need to have some other challenges. And he, do, he did understand me because also for him, we did everything. We achieved, we, we won two Champions League. Do you, do you regret leaving to go to Middlesbrough at that time? Do you, do you wish maybe you would stay a couple of more years? Because you could have stayed. I mean, incredible. Yes. You could have stayed. At the... Yeah, I could, I could, I could stay. And, and, and of course, because after that, I saw that uh, uh, Makelele came, Zinedine Zidane came. I saw that uh, Ronaldo came, um, Beckham came. I said, what is this? <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to England and they're all coming to, to Spain. No, it's, uh, it's okay, it's normal. This is life. Uh, but I think that when I took that decision, it's because uh, I need to do something else. I have done everything I can do, I can achieve with a big club, but also with myself to reach that goal. I don't know if after five years more with uh, two more uh, Champions League, what is this? What for? I don't know. I know that each season is different. Yes. Each rooster is unique. Uh, and of course, I could have uh, more teammates for sure. But I, I knew already uh, Stephen McManaman, so it's, for me, it's enough to know Maka and uh, <laughs> Nanelka. It's, it's enough for me, or Raul, or Mizatovic. But for sure, that uh, Omorientes or Sans family. So, do you regret? Uh, I don't know. I think how, that, did you enjoy your time in England? Did you enjoy your experience at yeah, Did course. you enjoy it? Of course I did, I did, I, I, I did because for me it's one of the best experiences of my life. Really? Why? Because, because um, when I arrived in Middlesbrough, I visited the, the, the facility and when I see this facility with, I don't know how many, how many uh, fields we have there, five, six, seven. Yeah, something like that. Yes. And I saw this, what is this? It's beautiful, it's great. We can, for me, already the project. They said, wow, here we can do something great. It's to end still. I think that Mr. Gibson should and should do something big because with the stadium, with the fans, uh, with the facility, every big players can come, not as individuals, but as a collective 
people to play in one project. And I think this is the main idea uh, to, to implement in, in Boro because we have a billionaire. He have uh, everything to, to um, sort out any difficulties in, 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 uh, in the championship or in the uh, football industry. So I think that still, it was for me when I arrived, I said, wow, it's going to be a big project. We're going to challenge United. We're going to challenge Liverpool. We're going to challenge... Yes, it would be naive for myself, but it was like that when I came to, to this facility. And I said, wow, one best condition to work. And it is as if it was foggy, foggy. it was uh, sometimes hard, but yes, it was a, a, a challenge for myself uh, to be there. And, and of course, to know again, this part of, of uh, north of England, but of, and also close to Scotland because I, I went to discover uh, Scotland also. Yes. You know why? No. You know, in Middlesbrough, we have also uh, the uh, museum of um, James Cook Museum. Of course, of course. So, and you know who is James Cook? I, I of course you know. I do. He, he discovered Australia and also... And New Caledonia. Of course. He, yes. So, when you mention Australia, we, we are New Caledonia, and Scotland is Caledonia. So, when I heard that there was this, I went to, to see by myself who was Mr. Cook. Yes. To discover my country also. That's why I'm New Caledonian. Mark, of course, the full interview with Christian Caribou will be on Optus platforms very shortly, uh, so make sure you keep your eyes peeled to that. But, yeah, you're spot on. What a what a journey. His CV is ridiculous. And possibly, Mark, could you suggest, let's throw him na- his name in maybe the top 10 most underrated CVs of all time? It's right up there, absolutely. I mean, I don't know about top 10, but it's like, it's, uh, listen, definitely the top, I would say top 20, 25. I mean, th- there are some players there that, that have won stuff that, you, you know, probably didn't, they never went on to win anything for the national team. But this guy has done everything. You know, he's, he's won Champions League football. He's won the World Cup, won the European Championships. Funny enough, I actually played against him twice for the national team. Uh, sorry, once. I was involved in my very first, uh, not my very first, but the first away trip. We played the Kieran Cup um, in uh, Japan. It was 1994. I was called up very, very late. And I was actually just there for the final when we played France in the final. We lost the game 1 0. Jean Pierre Papin missed the penalty. And, but we lost the game 1 0. And Christian Garambou played that game. And then I played in the game in 2001 when we played in the Confeds Cup in South Korea, Japan. And we beat France 1-0 in the group game. And that was actually one of only... France only lost between the 98 World Cup, so leading up to the 98 World Cup final and winning it till winning the Euros in 2000. They only lost four games. One of those games were against the Socceroos in the, Kieran, sorry, in the uh, Confederations Cup and the game that I played in, um, which, was, which was absolutely brilliant. It was an amazing occasion. And uh, Christian played in that game. And obviously, of course, I reminded him of that. And we had a bit of a laugh about it. Yeah, of course, absolutely. You've got to try and get little wins along the way as much as you can. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so brilliant. And and the other interesting thing is, right, so he's got this amazing history um, coming from New Caledonia, becoming an icon of New Caledonia, becoming an icon in France, 
World Cup winner, European champion, playing for Real Madrid, one of the biggest, if not the biggest clubs on the planet. And um, he's also married to an alpine skier who's from Lebanon. So how is that even... I mean, you know, if you, th- you think about alpine skis, you just don't think of Lebanon. I know they've got mountains and then they've got snow and you just don't associate them with, with skiing. And... Uh, it, it, almost, it almost is, yeah. So she, she played at the Winter Olympics 2010, 2014, um, both in the slalom. So, yeah, I mean, geez, imagine their kids. What potential their kids have got as being athletes. Hey, Mark, it's full-time here on the Two Sharp Reds. And speaking of full-time, it's funny because I don't know why I've never said that before. You know, we've got kick-off, we've got half-time drinks. It only makes sense that there's a full-time. Yeah, I was wondering when you were going to come up with that... Um... Oh, yeah, here we go. Here I'm we go. Saying, you would have, I mean, you I, would have I, said it yourself. You no, would've. no, no. I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to see how long it would take you. What, it's only taken you, what, what seven, eight months? Nine yeah, months, yeah. maybe? Yeah, something yeah. like that. And listen, mate, I've been told before. They all warned me. They said, listen, Ollie's a very really? slow learner. He takes it. wet behind the ears. Yeah. Well, more than wet, mate. Uh, really? So, yeah. Really? A real bucket full of unsquashed grapes. That's what they have to say about the back of my ears. Um, but no, I've loved uh, this episode of Two Shot Reds. Very great chats with Christian uh, there. And as well, as I mentioned earlier, that, that full chat uh, with Caribou will be on the Optus platforms uh, over the coming weeks. So make sure you keep your eye out for that. Uh, but Mark, of course, we must do uh, the traditional ceremony, the closing ceremony of every episode, which is, of course, comparing uh, the wine that we're having to play a past or present. This week, we have opted for our own Merlots that we're having in sangria form to commemorate and celebrate the beautiful weather that we're having here in London. Um, so, look, if you're happy for me to go, I'd like to, to, to kick things off with this particular sangria. Look, there, there are emotions, flavours and smells that you get from every sangria, whether it be from a restaurant, uh, homemade, wherever it might be, it's a pretty distinctive taste and a pretty distinctive atmosphere that you find yourself in. The Merlot that I've gone for, though, is a French wine. Sangria in particular is a, a Spanish uh, tradition, as you've touched on. It's very funky, very fruity. Uh, and I think in particular with mine, it's got a lot of aesthetically pleasing attributes to it. I mean, look at that. It's got Two red straws, two blue straws, and a peach hanging out the side. Admittedly, the peach is going a little bit off. That's only because it's been sitting in the sun for a while. But it's very aesthetically pleasing. It's exciting. It's fun. It's funky. It's French with that Catalonian twist. So with that in mind, I'm going for Antoine Griezmann. Okay. Yeah. I, you know what? You know the first person that came to my mind when you were actually giving that description? Yeah. It's probably you're, you're too young for it. Lizara Lazou. Are you too young for it? No, Lizarazu. He played for he played for uh, Bayern Munich for a number of years. Played for France. Uh, What a player! Uh, I think he was left back. I think he was. Uh, Yeah, Lizarazu, very good player. He's he's French Basque. He played for Bilbao beforehand. There you go. Well, I I mean, he could be my backup option. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, he's not a Griezmann. Obviously, very different end of the pitch. But okay, I get where you're going with that, mate. Uh, so Antoine Griezmann, yeah, that's a difficult one to follow, isn't it? But you know what? I, I, I've gone in terms of name, is up there as well. So my wine's a Sierra Grande Merlot 2018. It's a Chilean wine. So you would think Sierra Grande, that's, that sounds huge, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it sounds magnificent, brilliant. Um, it's quite oaky. It's a 
bold, um, spicy. And the first person that comes to mind is Alexis Sanchez. So that, that's what I'm thinking of, particularly in his early days at Arsenal. You know, he was all of that. And uh, the thing is, with all those sort of tastes, being spicy, uh, being bold, it kind of plateaus out quite a bit. And it's gone from mm. being this grande wine to literally just being a table wine. And therefore, <laughs> seems pretty logical for me that it's become an Alexis Sanchez wine. With the Catalonian Swiss, of course, with this time at Barcelona. It, yes. that's, that's perfect. Geez, you've done your homework. Did that one just come to your mind or did you, you know, that's impressive. That's a perfect one. Yeah, I've had to write down a few notes. Uh, yeah, it took me a little bit of time to get to it. But however, uh, it sort of flowed in the end. Once I, once I started to, to delve into my inner thoughts and, and uh, yeah. the far reaches of uh, my taste buds, uh, the only name that kept coming to, to the tip of my tongue was uh, Alexa Sanchez, being that uh, of grande proportion at the beginning to when I first saw it in the shop thought, wow, that yeah. caught my eye, to actually, in reality, once I finally got around to opening, decided, mm, you know what, this is not really a grande bottle of wine anymore. It's really just a table wine. It's, yeah, muchos disappointos, I think yeah. is the correct you know, saying, I believe. Maybe, maybe not. No, no I mean, listen, I, I, go with it. If I were you, yeah. just go with it. You sound confident enough. Let's just go with it. First game of uh, Arsenal that I ever saw live, uh, I saw Alexis Sanchez score a free kick. I can put that one on the old bucket list as an Arsenal fan. Very can exciting. You? Nice. Yep. Very nice. Yep. Was that like? Did he play well? Uh, I don't think he ever played bad. I don't that, think he ever played badly for Arsenal, did he? I yeah, don't remember come on. Game. No, he, he, he was, towards the end, he was nowhere near the same player. No, well, that's I, very true. I, I, think he, I think he, you know, there were injuries caught up with him. I think uh, workload, and I think he kind of just, blown a gasket by the time he kind of left. And I think Arsenal were very fortunate to have let him uh, move on at the time he did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that is full time here on the Two Sharp Reds. A reminder, if you uh, do find some creative ideas for a, for a tattoo that I'm going to get, hopefully within the coming months here on the Two Sharp Reds, please let us know. Also, we've got a Facebook group out. Um, so if you go to Two Sharp Reds by Optus Sport on Facebook, we'll let you in there. It's like a little private... I suppose it's the... It's the stepping stone to then eventually getting a tattoo, I suppose, is the best way to describe it, Mark, in terms yeah, no, of being a supporter and, and a friend of the show. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I think it's a great platform to, for all our listeners to go on there and put their ideas on there, show, post some pictures of potential yeah. tattoos that Ollie could get on that particular day and also where he may have it. You know, where, well, where's, a yeah. idea? where's a good idea to, to have a bottle of wine or a glass of wine or both? Don't answer that. <laughs> don't, don't answer where the bottle of wine well, comes, Mark. I'm just waiting yes. for some creativity. That's <laughs> exactly right. Well, give it a Google. Make sure you go onto Facebook, Two Sharp Reds by Optus Sport. We'll see you there when you're in the group. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And cheers, Mark. Here's to another glass of sangria. Cheers, mate. All the very best. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 